<laughs> so I appreciate the, the opportunity because I normally don't eat anything uh, in the morning, but this was delicious, and I want to thank those who were putting it together and, pre- and prepared it for us. So let's look at your handout. It's a new handout for this week. It's a new lesson. You, um, we are going to the Feast of Booths. Um, it's also called the Feast of Tabernacles. It's also called the Feast of Ingathering. So there's, it's actually the three terms are interchangeable, but it's still the same festival. It's still the same feast. And um, <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and read from the top of the handout because you'll notice that there is going to be conversation about uh, this through the passage Leviticus 23. You'll notice that we had Leviticus uh, t- passages uh, chapter 23 passages is the entire lesson. And this particular section is going to cover the area about the Feast of Booths. So let's look at this. And I'll read, and you just follow along reading. Uh, it says in Leviticus 23, verses 33 through 43, and I'm pretty sure this is the Christian Standard Bible version. The Lord spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites, the festival of shelters to the Lord begins on the 15th day of the seventh month, and continues for seven days. There is to be a sacred assembly on the first day. You are not to do any daily work. You are to present a fire offering to the Lord for seven days. On the eighth day, you are to hold a sacred assembly and present a fire offering to the Lord. It is a solemn gathering. You are not to do any daily work. These are the Lord's appointed times, that you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies for presenting fire offerings to the Lord, burnt offerings and grain offerings, sacrifices and drink offerings, each on its designated day. These are, in addition to the offerings for the Lord's Sabbaths, your gifts, all your vow offerings, and all your free will offerings that you give to the Lord. You are to celebrate the Lord's festival on the 15th day of the seventh month for seven days after you had gathered the produce of the land. There will be complete rest on the first day and complete rest on the eighth day. On the first day, you are to take the product of majestic trees, pardon me, palm fronds, boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You are to celebrate it as a festival to the Lord seven days each year. This is a permanent statute for you throughout your generations. Celebrate it in the seventh month. You are to live in shelters for seven days. All the native born of Israel must live in shelters so that your generations may know that I made the Israelites live in shelters when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Now understand something. There's a lot there. It's packed with information, but notice that after, you, after all is said and done, you're still talking about a festival, a time of celebration, but there is also a solemn assembly. There's also the various times when you're supposed to do the fire offerings, the burnt offerings. There is an order to this festival. And whenever you have something like this where there's order put forth, as in the previous festivals, it's done for the sole purpose of remembrance. Reminders and remembrance. Because there's a very focused effort of worship that's taking place throughout this entire festival. And we'll talk about the dwellings and the tents. You know, we, we talked about these booths, these tabernacles. 
these things are very important for us to see and not to go too quickly and look past when we look at this festival. This follows immediately after the Day of Atonement. It's literally about a week, almost a week after the Day of Atonement, according to the calendar. And you'll notice, if you look at the table in front of you there, you notice how every week I've added, or every, every time we have a lesson, I've added the different festivals laid out there. So what you see are all seven of these major festivals, and you'll also see that the, the Feast of Tabernacles, or Sukkot, which is what S-U-K-K-O-T is the Jewish name for it, um, you'll see that that also is where the Israelites were required to gather in Jerusalem. So this is the third of the three festivals that we've covered, where we're talking about all the people coming together to gather together for this festival. And there's a routine for this festival. And it's to be followed to the letter. And you notice that, again, as mentioned earlier, there are days of rest within this. The first day of the festival and the last day of the festival, there are days of rest. And just as a reminder, why is it important for us to see and recognize, not just because God is saying we have to do it, we have to have this day of rest, but what do you think the significance is of just taking this time of doing nothing? For a day. Why, again, is this important? So you can refuel your body and mind. I like that. I'll even use the word reset. That's a good word, too. Go ahead. I'm sorry. To respect God. You are showing reverence for who he is. In the same way that we take Sundays and get up in the morning and prepare to be here, you are doing what? You're resetting, you're refueling, you're refreshing, you're stopping your regular routine. Your regular routine, well, Saturday morning, I don't know what you guys do on Saturday morning. I, I, I sleep in a little bit on Saturday morning because, well, normally, and this is not to brag, don't, you know, normally we're up at 5.30 a.m., during the week. Some of you guys probably even get up earlier than I do. And some of you probably have. I don't really know. But every, every day, except for, for, except for Friday morning. Friday morning we get to sleep until like 6.20 or something. Dude. Yeah. Yippee, right? But, so on a Saturday, I want to try to sleep a little bit longer. Because that's, that's going to be the day where I get maximum rest. <laughs> so you do what you can with that. But... You understand my point. Sunday is a different day. It's the day we recognize as a day of worship. It requires preparation, requires getting up. You know, I don't think Charles wears suits every day. So today he puts on a suit. Brother Beecher puts on a suit uh, because this is what he recognizes and what he wants to do for church. All right. So these are things that we were in a routine for doing on Sunday. But what's the purpose? You're preparing yourself to do what? To worship. This is why you're here. You're here to learn, you're here to be taught through the Spirit, and you're here to worship. Guess what? That's exactly what these days of rest are all about. It's the same principle. Stopping and not doing your daily, regular routine. God wanted to set the example here to show that there is something about this Sabbath time, this time of rest, 
because it allows you to sit and reflect on the Lord. And for our purposes, it allows us to sit and reflect on Jesus Christ. The presence of the Spirit. Really letting the Spirit speak to you. When you're really busy, sometimes you don't know if the Spirit is speaking to you or not. Because you're busy. So you have to recognize that that's a challenge that we all have in our busy daily lives. Making sure that you're aware of the Spirit's presence and allowing the Spirit to speak to you. And that's why I've had to do things at work like take some time out, put it on my calendar and say stop and read and reflect. Because if I'm doing that, I feel much better about this whole idea of allowing the Lord to be throughout the part of my day all day long. And that's what you have to do. Because I promise you, if you don't take the time to do it, you're going to have a hard time doing it. You're not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to be something that just, oh, yeah, by the way. No, you need to take the time and even sometimes plan that time. Your time has to be planned out. This whole festival was planned out. Notice how they has in the, it says in the passage, they're doing different fire offerings to the Lord, burnt offerings and grain offerings, sacrifices and drink offerings, each on its designated day. A very specific schedule. You have to designate time for your own purpose to be able to know when you're going to study. You have to figure out, is it in the morning? Is it in the evening? When's your prayer time? Are you praying before you go to bed? Are you having devotionals in the morning? This should be a plan. Not random. If it's random, what's going to happen? Satan is going to get in the way and keep you from planning and sitting still and doing what needs to be done. He absolutely will do it. I can attest to it because he's done it to me. If you don't have a plan, then that's not going to work. And understand something. The less time that you're able to spend with the Lord, the more of a detriment it is to you because that's how sin crouches at the door. Amen? So we understand that there's a reason and a principle to doing this in a certain way where there's a plan and there's a schedule just like there is in this Feast of Booths. And notice what it says, too, in the passage, if you go back up to the top. Pardon me. Complete rest on the first day, as we said, complete rest on the eighth day, First day, you're to take the product of majestic trees, palm fronds, boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You're to take these things that are provided, and you're to celebrate it as a festival to the Lord seven days each year. And then you're to live in shelters for seven days. I'm glad you asked that question. What kind of shelters? You would, it's interesting, I'm going to sidebar since you mentioned that. There are still people who practice sucket, And it involves actually living in tents and staying outside in tents. And they may have a bamboo mat as well too. But it's like tent-like material is what, it, what we're referring to that's used today. Now obviously they had tents that were used back in the day as well too. But it's just different materials. It's natural materials that are being used, and it's like a covering 
the best way to describe it is like a tent. But it's really just like a big box is what it is that you can actually set up. You can actually buy these. If you go to Amazon, I'm dead serious, if you want to practice suck it, you can actually buy materials, tent-like materials and a bamboo mat that you can put in your backyard and, and they can, you can build these things. And they can be very elaborate or very simple. I'm very side. Just go to Amazon and type in tents for suck it. Well, it's not this time of the year. What time of year is suck it? It's in the fall. It's going to be during the fall. It's going to be the, during the fall season. And it, it kind of the calendar varies. It's like a Septemberish, Octoberish type time of year is when you have that, based upon the calendar. If you're looking at it today, so no, you wouldn't be doing it today because this is not the time for suck it. Okay, it's not on the calendar. Yeah. Whatever it is. Now, why do you think it's important, though, that they're doing this? What does it say at the end of the passage? Look again, back at verse, it's toward verse 43. All the native born of Israel must live in shelters so that your generations may know. Now, this is a teaching moment. It's a teaching moment. All the generations may know that I made the Israelites live in shelters when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. They had to have a covering. They lived in shelters as they were traveling. He made them do that. That's what he had declared, and that's why he wants everyone to understand exactly what happened. Now, where were the Israelites when they were being brought out? Of, where were they in Egypt? What was happening to them? They were in slavery. They were slaves. They were in captivity. So this was demonstrating the power of God, the fact that he brought them out of the land of Egypt and he made them live in tents as a way of remembrance for generations to come. My wife made a really good point this morning and I'll mention it just to give you an idea of how things can change very quickly. It wasn't that long ago. You know, this is the Christmas holiday season. And so we like to usually find Christmas programs on TV to watch. Don't forget my previous point. I'm making a point here to take you back where I'm going. Well, if you look at the calendar this year, there were a lot of programs for Christmas that we were not able to see. A lot of the programs were on like at 3 o'clock in the afternoon or 4 o'clock. Shows that we enjoyed watching together, you know, this is, this is a me and, you, me and Lynn thing, okay? I mean, we like animated specials. We like to watch the Christmas shows, okay? Okay, well, thank you. I pre- and I'm not ashamed to say that, okay? I'm 58 years old. I don't care. If y'all, if y'all, <laughs> if, if, if this is my age, I'm going to enjoy myself and, and do things with my wife that we enjoy doing. So, you know what? Yeah, we're watching juvenile programming. You, know, you can get over it and we'll be fine. Um, but we wanted to watch things like, you know, we, we saw one episode of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with the crotchety Santa. And we saw the, uh, the other programs like that. Ask me on the side about why Rudolph and, and Santa and Santa being crotchety is a, is a bad example for children. But just the, the normal animated programs were not on. They were not on TV. They, the, pro, the schedule was all messed up this year. So now what we were saying was that we're going to have a whole bunch of kids who were not exposed to stuff we were exposed to because they won't see the programs. So they won't even know what they're looking at. Now, I don't know if that's ever going to happen with Charlie Brown Christmas, but you know what? That's been sketchy, too. I think we saw one broadcast of that. Usually they're running more than once. 
They keep up with that one. But that was in November. Yeah, right at that, right after Thanksgiving. Okay. Off-brand. There's a lot of other shows that are animated, you know, that, that have not been running. The point I'm making is, is that now you've got a generation of kids that are not going to see these shows. And they, so they can't pass this on to their own children and say, hey, did you see this show? Did you see this? Because it got to the point where Lynn was saying, I might as well buy them on my own and just keep them because I don't know if I'm ever going to see them on TV. Some of these are just going to fade away. They're just not going to be around. Well, guess what? If we don't have reminders like this for this Feast of Booths and reminders as to why these guys are, are supposed to be intense for seven days and why that's being done, it's going to be lost. And there are many Jews that are not practicing this and they're not going to practice this because they, they're lost. They don't know about it. They're not being taught. You have to have reminders. You have to be reminded why you're doing what you're doing. Sure. Right. That's right. Okay. And that was their living place. That's right. Individually. Very good. Very good. That's right. Amen. Very good. Now, I tried to bring you as much as I can as to not be boring, but I'm going to challenge you guys to, to look up this information. Many of you have internet. You can look this stuff up and do some research on it, and you'll see these things. But when I, when I told Charles, yeah, you can go and actually order tents on Amazon, if you want to practice, suck it, you can do that and have it shipped to you. And if you have Amazon Prime, you can get, get there free. <laughs> so, but it's available. You can do those things. But understand something. This is being done for a purpose. There's a direct focus on this. And they did thank you. And they didn't have to pay the rent. And you know what? That's very true. They did not have to pay the rent. Let me, let, me di- let me share something with you that I found. I don't know if I'm going to be able to now because this thing is going to act up on me. Um, I, I have a, a note here from a pastor who, and he puts it and, and titles it aptly, Camping with God. Camping with God, because that's exactly what this is. The Succot Feast and Why It's Important. And what he did, he said, several years ago, I did something you might think is strange. I spent a week sleeping in a tent to celebrate Sukkot, the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles. Traditionally, Jews around the world spend the seven days and nights of this festival in tabernacles or tents to remember what it is like for their ancestors to be in the wilderness, like he said, because that's that's where they were traveling, and to celebrate God's provision. Because God was providing for them the entire time when they were traveling. Now, let's get past all the moaning and groaning and grumbling that some of the people were doing. 
because perhaps they didn't like the provision they were getting or wasn't getting what they want. But you know what? God still provided for them anyway. If you ate his provision, you didn't starve. You were well fed. Amen? Amen? You were taken care of. And Brother Jim knows what it's like to be well fed. Amen? Amen. So when you're well fed, you're not going to complain. You're going to, be, you're going to understand the provision is something good. Okay. In fact, God instructed the Jews to do so in Leviticus 23. And we've been celebrating this feast for thousands of years. It's the biggest of all the feasts celebrated in Judaism. And it holds a great deal of significance for us as Christians. And we need to understand why it's important. The key to understanding why it's so important is in the name, the Feast of Tabernacles. Which is exactly one of the names that is used in this festival. John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Greek word for dwelt is eskenosen, E-S-K-E-N-O-S-E-N, which means tabernacle. So if we read it as, And the word became flesh and tabernacled among us, it means sukkot is all about being with God and beholding his glory. Now let's face it. When you're camping, what are you doing? You're sitting out under a tent and you don't have anything distracting you. You normally don't have TV. You certainly don't have internet. You shouldn't be using your cell phone. You could, but what are we talking about back in the day? They didn't have that. All you're doing is you're with your family. You're in a tent. You're sitting there and you're praying and reflecting together. And not just for one day, but for seven days. So that's going to give you, and remember, the first day, no rest, nothing, no, nothing but rest. The last day, nothing but rest. The eighth day. But the other days, you're in a tent. And you're sitting there. And you're reflecting. And you're praying. And it's quiet. And you're in nature. And you hear the birds. You hear all things around you. All those things, you're talking about a real back-to-nature experience. Some people love camping. I, you can't get me out camping anywhere. I've been through that experience when I was much younger. And all I could think of was that it was cold, the ground was hard. If I have to go to the bathroom, I've got to go to the woods. That's right. I'm just, now look, now I'm just telling you, that's just me. But some people love camping because they understand it's about quiet, it's about solitude, it's about nature. And all those things that you're experiencing, guess what? God created them. Everything that you're surrounded by, it's all because God created those things, including the bugs. But that's where you use off, okay? So anyway, and, and when we took our trip to Utah, it gave us a whole different perspective on things we normally wouldn't see. We were up in the mountains. We were in Zion National Park. Majestic peaks going 7,000, 8,000 feet in the air. You won't see that around here. But there are a lot of people who would go out to the parks and camp and walk and hike. And what do you do when you're walking and hiking? You are taking in the beauty of everything that God had created. Because you can't help but marvel over what you see. 
So there's a lot of appreciation that should be coming through this celebration. Because it is a celebration. It's a festival. You're celebrating life. You're celebrating God's provision. Remember, it's a remembrance for them bringing them out, Israelites, out of slavery, which you know is no way to live, into freedom and appreciation and understanding of what you're being exposed to, what God has done to bring you to that point. So I want you to make sure you see that and understand that when we look at this and not just blow past this and say, well, they were out there for seven days in a tent. Well, there's much more than that. It's one of God's purposes. I'm repeating what she said because I know no one else heard that. <laughs> but that's okay. But it's one of his purposes. He wants us to see these things. These are very deliberate things he wants to see because God knows that we are a people that have a very short attention span. Amen? And he knows that because he created us. And that's fine. And we have this whole thing called free will. And we can make choices and decisions however we want to live. If you don't want to celebrate this, that's fine. That's your choice. But it's there for a reason and a purpose for remembrance. I mean, this whole thing we have, we have these things in place on our calendar for remembrance. What's the purpose of Black History Month? It's to do what? Remember the people who came before you, who were inventors, who were pioneers, who were, you're remembering these people because as sure as I'm standing here and as you know, if we didn't have that, these folks would be forgotten. A lot of people in our generations today barely know who Martin Luther King is. Martin Luther King was assassinated 50 years ago. Barely know who he is. And 50 years ago is not that long ago. In real time, it's not. So you have to understand, if, unless we have these things to remind us and have remembrance, so that you can pass it on from generation to generation, as it says in the passage here, you'll forget it. won't remember it. We have to have these reminders. We have to have these things before us. Yes. Sure. No, go ahead. I, I was letting you ask your question. Right. Okay. And I, sometimes I do some of that daily prayer, daily chores on Sunday afternoon. Okay. And I guess my thought is how, how guilty am I? Uh, what does what, what daily work consist of? Am I doing any daily work that makes sense? Are you talking about chores like around the house, cleaning up, stuff like that? Is that what you're talking about? Well, you, you can take it literally, but I think we need to look at what a day of rest constitutes. So let's, let's talk about this for a moment. Because I actually understand what he's saying. I do. You, 
You're, you're talking about Sunday being a day of rest. Okay. Well, what constitutes rest? Let's talk about this. For the purposes of our... It's a good question. And he's feeling guilty, so we need to help him out of his guilt. Okay. So, <laughs> I give a wink. Okay. So, what, is, what, what constitutes rest? What do we say at the beginning of this class here? Sunday's a different day. Why is it a different day? It's different from your normal routine. We understand that, yeah. Okay. Okay, that's fair. And that's a principle that many people establish. They're just not going to do any work on Sunday. But let's talk about what constitutes rest for you. How is this day different than any other day? I want us to talk it through. It. Yes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. Who else wants to jump in? Yes. You trying to hold back? <laughs> That's why I'm asking what the definition of rest is. Okay. 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 All right. All right, so Mary jumped in. Who else wants to get in this? Yes. Okay. So you're following Mary's point saying, hey, yeah, all things are except, all things are permissible but not always beneficial. That's the, you're looking at the new covenant and that aspect of it. I got that. You're absolutely right. But, but to her point, who loses out if they don't take the time to honor the Lord? We do. It's no skin off of his nose. You have to, yeah, he has to be the one that's still the focus. Yes. Did you have your hand up back there too? You're holding your glasses. I wasn't sure. Okay. No, no it's okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's why I'm asking. Okay. Yes. Right. Amen. Okay. It's an individual thing. Go ahead. You.
meditating on the idea of why am I resting right now? Am I resting in him or am I just taking a day off? Take a day off every day of the week. But is it unto him? Unto him it's a waste of time to take the rest. I mean, when you need physical rest too, but I'm saying if you think you're going to get a spiritual benefit out of just sitting there staring at a wall on one day. Yeah. Right. Yes. That's right. What was he doing? Sure you can. That's okay. He's all knowing though, so. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's right. Where's the first reference of God resting? In Genesis, in creation. He sets the example for us right there. And God saw what he had done and it was good because he was reflecting on that week of creation just like we would be reflecting on our week, reflecting on the week before, reflecting on the week to come. You're taking the time to stop and recognize things. You know, it's, it's not so good, for, for example, just throwing this out there, for a person to work seven days a week all the time and have no rest. Because you don't, you're, you're now on a treadmill. And you're not even able to take the time to recognize. Now, now you do have your hands up. So what you're saying is that if we take that day of rest and yes. just watch and observe, then all is good. But our spouses won't say that we're being lazy. <laughs> It figures that this would come up five minutes before class is over. <laughs> Leave it to Mark to come up with comic relief for his comment. So, but now, but I think, I think, I think, no, no, <laughs> don't do, don't set him up like that. Don't set him, don't set him up like that. You had your hand up. I Oh, Pearl, I'm, I apologize. I didn't know you had your hand up. <laughs> she took her glasses off. <laughs> yeah, now you done threw her off. Now she doesn't even remember what she's going to say. Okay. Well, that, I'm sorry. Did you have something to say? I did not see your hand up. So. That we should have purpose yes. to our, our resting yes. on Sunday. And actually, I was looking here, and uh, this theologian uh, referenced actually what you guys just brought, Genesis 2, 1 mm-hmm. through 3. Yeah. And it said that it describes uh, God's day of rest, the seventh day of creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it said God didn't need a day off because he was exhausted. Uh, because right. he created the world in six days, he rested on the uh, on the sanctified and sanctified the seventh day to instruct us. That's right. His action at the beginning, God is telling us that there is a pattern of work and rest for our existence on earth. God setting apart the seventh day 
models the weekly rest and worship we need. So we do need to, uh, I think like all of you said, not to just be resting and lose purpose and insight of why this is we're to be passing that on and instructing, you know, That's right. uh, the, the generations behind us. This is why we this is why we're doing it. Sunday. There's a purpose to this. It's not just Monday and I'm just not kicking back my heels to look at the ball games or get the yeah. chores done. But I'm setting aside this, this purpose and this time for Sunday morning because uh, certainly if I could do everything else I want to do for six days, I could come and have some purpose for him. And so... We, we, we do get tired, yeah. Resting your body resting your body is necessary. It is part of that. Because God didn't need to rest from his creation. He's, but he's showing us that we need to. He's teaching us that. But understand, we're not doing it just for the sake of doing it. Because it's, and we shouldn't be. There's a purpose behind all of this. The purpose, and we'll pick up with this next week, the purpose of all of this is for understand that we're doing it because we're supposed to remember. We're being reminded of God's goodness. God's goodness is what comes into play here. We have to see that. His That's right. The Sabbath day. Did you say Sabbath day or Sabbath day? Okay. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Very good. We're going to continue with this next week and talk more about this and look into a little bit further. But I want you to not miss the whole point of this setting up. We only just got to the first section of this lesson. So that's that's. But that's. I want you to see the importance of the rest. So to answer your question. If you're doing chores around the house, if you're doing little things to clean up and all that, you shouldn't be feeling guilty about it. You should be honoring God and looking to him even throughout that whole process. I'm blessed to be able to do what I do. I'm blessed to be able to function the way I am. There are many things you can do at this time of rest to stop and reflect upon his goodness. Your health, your here, your presence, and, you know, there are things you have to do. You've got to keep your house clean. There are things you should be doing. Lord knows we don't have time to do it. But, but there are some things we should be doing. But you can do those things in the quiet of your home, prayer time, while you're moving about, without distractions, focusing on the Lord. Amen? Okay, we have to go ahead. And give him thanks. Amen. You be thankful for what you got. Amen? You've got the strength to do it. Okay, let's close out. Oh, Debbie, I'm so sorry. We... Amen. An event planner. I like that. Okay. Father, we just thank you for this time you've given us to reflect and truly look to see that the things that you put forth for us are intentional, 
They have a purpose. They have a benefit for each one of us. And Lord, we know that as we look to Scripture and look to what your Word says, we know that everything that you provided for us is our benefit. We need to see and understand why we do what we do and why you designate the time that we should do it. We thank you for those reminders. We thank you for those reminders for us to remember. To remember and reflect upon your goodness to us throughout our entire lives. And for what you hold for us for the future. Through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We pray now for the upcoming message and the speaker. And we give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We'll pick up next week.